Hello and welcome to Life for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation. Today we're going to conclude the study of Revelation chapter 6. So the events described in the sixth seal, as we saw last week, are horrific and hard to imagine. Literally, last, last week we learned that, that God is literally going to shake the universe and his wrath is going to be poured out on the sinful and unbelieving world. The wrath of God and the destruction of the earth is described by six separate and successive events. So when Jesus rips open the sixth seal, there will be a violent earthquake. As a result of this earthquake or this significant quaking, the sun will be turned black as sackcloth, the moon will become like blood, the stars of the heaven will fall to the earth, the sky will be rolled back like a scroll, every mountain and island will be moved from its place. So when God pours his wrath out on the wicked world, he is violently shaking up. He is, this word uh, seismos means to violently agitate, to shock, to, to stir up. So Um, As I said last week, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself, and Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 through 9 share, uh, or he he tells, describes this same event. Haggai 2, starting with verse 6, for the Lord of armies says this, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of armies. The silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. So the violent shakeup in Revelation 6 in the sixth seal is so devastating, it has an adverse effect on the sun, the moon, the stars are going to fall from the sky, even the earth itself. So the events described in the sixth seal are a direct response to the fifth seal. So when you go back to the fifth seal, it's a it's the seal that, that's broken, and it's a seal that reveals the prayer of those who've been martyred and the vengeance of, of God. So Revelation 6, 9, and 10, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the word of God and the testimony they had given. They, the ones who had been slaughtered, cried out with a loud voice, Lord, the one who is holy and true, how long until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? So the events of the sixth seal describe the wrath of God being poured out on the earth to avenge the blood of those who have been martyred in the tribulation. As a result, these events, as a result of these events, the proud and rebellious people on the earth will be uh, horrified's a good word. They will be dismayed. Um, the scripture says they, they will not be able to stand. So let's read Revelation 6, 15 through 17. This is after the earthquake, after the sun has been darkened, after the moon uh, turns to blood, after the stars fall from the sky, uh, all those things. After these things, then, that's what this word then means, then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and every free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the one 
from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the Lamb of God, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So when Jesus rips open the sixth seal and all these events start to happen, no one is going to be able to stand. Scripture teaches that that God hates pride and the arrogant person will be brought low. So this is a judgment of God upon, upon the proud, the arrogant, and the rebellious. It's also um, the wrath of God poured out on, on those who are living on the earth at this time. God is avenging the blood of those who have been martyred, those who have been slaughtered because of their faith. I want to read an article um, that, I, that I read this week, and it's by a guy named Kevin Lynn, and he he writes this article: "God hates your pride, seeking glory that belongs to God." So, understand this sixth seal. It's the wrath of God that's poured out on the proud and the arrogant. And I just want to bring into focus uh, why we need to live lives of humility why we need to understand that God is the creator and we're that which has been created and God deserves and demands all the glory. So this is a great article and I want to read uh, some from it. He says, throughout the scripture, God announces his fierce opposition to pride and he gives some some, uh, verses that demonstrate God's hatred toward pride. James chapter 4, verse 6 says that God opposes the proud. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19 states that God hates haughty eyes. Amos tells us that God loathes the arrogance of, of Jacob. Jeremiah says that God is against the arrogant one in Jeremiah 50, 31. Psalm 119, verse 21 writes that God rebukes and curses the proud. Later in Proverbs Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 15, 27, God tears down the house of, of the strong. He tears down the house of those who, who think they're strong, the, tears down the house of the prideful person. Second Samuel says God abases the haughty. Luke writes that God scatters those who are proud in their thoughts. Jeremiah says that God will destroy, once again, the, the pride of Jacob. Zechariah prophesies that God will cut off the pride of the Philistines Isaiah promises that God will punish the king of Assyria for his arrogance. Isaiah also says that God will defile and despise those who are prideful. So in the scripture, there's strong language that um, the scripture uses strong language to describe how God feels about those who are proud and arrogant. Words such as hate, loathe, against, rebukes, tears down abases, scatter, destroy, cuts off, punishes, defiles, and despises. These words illustrate for us God's animosity toward pride. There's no other sin in the Bible that is condemned as fiercely and as frequently as the sin of pride. C.J. Mahaney goes as far as to say this, Biblical evidence abounds for the conclusion that there's no sin more offensive to God than pride. So the question is this, why is pride the most offensive sin against God? While no direct answer is found in the scriptures, there are several possibilities. St. Augustine of Hippo said this, pride is the commencement or the beginning of all sin. Why? Because every sin, if I mistake not, is a contempt of God, and every contempt of God is pride. For what is so proud as to despite God? 
All sin then is also pride. Also, the proud in Scripture are usually associated with those who uh, reject God. For instance, Psalm ten four says this, The wicked in the haughtiness of his countenance does not seek God. All his thoughts are there is no God. The proud in biblical terms are the godless and rebellious. Pride, moreover, seeks the glory that belongs to God. God jealously guards the glory that is rightfully his. Isaiah chapter 42, 8 declares that. Pride, then, is, is the theft of those who are proud that steals what belongs to the Creator. The glory doesn't belong to me. The glory doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs to him, and God will not share his glory with anyone. Thus, God hates all sin, but particularly pride. Pride is especially uh, heinous to God. It is a it, it stands in a category of its own. So, um, Kevin Lynn, I think, is is right on point. God will uh, he will judge the proud. He will judge the arrogant. And so that's literally what's happening when the sixth seal is ripped open. God is avenging the blood of those who've been who've been martyred, those who've been slaughtered for their faith. And while the world is going on and people are, are they, they really don't care, it's kind of like it was in the days of Noah, then God's going to, he's going to wreck the universe. He's going to wreck uh, the earth. The sky's going to be ripped open. It's going to be a horrible time. And as we finish Revelation chapter 6, we're going to see the response of those who, who are left behind. So when the sixth seal is ripped open, the rebellious, prideful, and arrogant, the mockers and scoffers will see the presence and power of God on display, and the Scripture clearly says they will not be able to stand. In their weakness and desperation, many of the arrogant will wish to die. They will wish the mountains and the rocks to fall on them. In their weakness and desperation, every arrogant person will want to hide from the one who is seated on the throne. In their weakness and desperation, some of the arrogant will become so overwhelmed and terrified, they will be overcome by fear and shock, and they will not be able to stand. Some commentators believe that when this day comes, the pride and the arrogant, some of them, they will be overwhelmed and so overtaken, they won't be able to stand. Some commentators believe some will will die. The phrase, be able to stand, comes from the Greek word histemi which means the ability to stand up, to continue, or to be active. And because of this word, there are some commentators who, who believe that these events will be so, so horrific that they will be overwhelmed, they will be overcome, and some will, will die. Uh, they'll, just, they'll just die. They won't be able to stand. So right now, as, as I look at the world we're living in, it is filled with pride and pride that leads to rebellion. When I think about pride that leads to rebellion, I see a world where people are making up their their own rules for for life and their own rules for living. They want complete freedom without rules. And we see a lot of this uh, going on, especially uh, right now in the uh, gender identity uh, issues that we're facing in in, in America. People don't want to be identified by their gender. They don't want God to have power or any say over their gender. They want to choose. 
And I'll just be honest with you. The Bible is very, very clear. God created uh, all humanity, and he created them male and female. But there's a lot of people who are saying, you know what, God, you can't tell me, and I'm not going to let anyone else tell me who I am or who I can be. Well, that is some of the arrogance and rebellion that that comes from uh, a mindset of I'm my own person. I can I can do my own thing. So those who are prideful and arrogant are deceived. They're deceived in their hearts, and it seems they have no need for God, and there's no need to follow God. The rebellion of the proud and arrogant people of our world is described vividly by the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. So I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, and it almost describes to a T what's going on in our culture here in the United States of America. Here's what Romans 1, 18 through 24 says. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, or because of these things, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. For this reason, God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The men in the same way also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. They are filled with all unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, senseless, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. Although they know God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. Wow, what a passage of Scripture. It clearly defines kind of what's going on in our culture, but it also clearly articulates the, the attitude and the mind of those who are proud and arrogant. They, they don't want any rules. They don't want to, to follow God's rules or his word. They're going to live life on their own, and God gives them over to, to a mind to think worthless things, to accept uh, the lie as opposed to uh, understanding and living according to the truth. So when this day comes, when Jesus rips open the sixth seal, the proud and the arrogant will not be able to stand and what we understand here, no amount of money will help them. 
Positions of power and influence will not help them. Possessions, fame, nothing will be able to help anyone who experiences, uh, who's on the earth and experiences this. Nothing will be able to help them to stand. So understand this. God created the earth. He created humanity. He established the rules, and he will judge and pour out his wrath on those who rebel and reject him. So when the sixth seal is opened, the proud, arrogant, and rebellious will experience the overwhelming presence and power of God. They will be horrified, overwhelmed, and they will not be able to stand. So in conclusion, Revelation 6 is one of, if not the most important chapter in the book of, of Revelation. Revelation 6 is, is an outline of, of literally the, the tribulation and the things that are about to come. Revelation 6 reveals um, the first six seals that are broken. Revelation 6 describes the worst is yet to come. The tribulation is coming, and when the seals are, are broken, the people living on the earth will experience the greatest, most devastating, and horrific time of trouble the world has ever known. Now, I misspoke just a second ago. The, the scroll that Jesus uh, unseals, that's literally the, the outline of, uh, of the events that are going to happen in, in Revelation. When we get to uh, Revelation 6, uh, the seals that that are broken, they they are letting us know the the time, not necessarily the timeline, but what's going to happen throughout the book of Revelation. That's why this chapter is so important. The tribulation once again is coming, and when the seals are broken, the people living on the earth will experience the greatest, most devastating, and horrific time of trouble the world has ever known. Revelation six also teaches us, and and we learn God is much more than a God of love. He's much more than a God of mercy and grace and redemption. At some point in the future, God will judge the world. God will judge the proud. God will judge the rebellious. God will judge the wicked. I read this last week, but I think it's important to read a portion of this again. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and following says this, Dear friends, this is now the second letter I've written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder so that you recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given to your apostles. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They, the scoffers, deliberately overlooked this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the same word that, that foretold the flood, the same word is telling us this. The present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Dear friends, do not overlook this one fact. But the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but to all to come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved. The earth and the works on it will be disclosed. 
Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. Because of that day, the heavens will be dissolved with fire and the elements will melt with heat. Knowing that this day of wrath and judgment is coming, every person would do well to to live a life that is holy in conduct and godliness. But knowing that this day of wrath and judgment is coming, we would also do well to heed the words of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah said this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will freely forgive. So while we have opportunity, we need to, to be we need to be people of humility. We need to seek to live for God and honor Him. And while we have the opportunity in the day and kingdom of grace, we need to turn our hearts toward Him. So I would encourage you to pray for those people in your world that don't know Jesus. I would encourage you to live an ex- as an example in front of everyone so that people can see Christ in us. We need to live in such a way that people see Christ. We need to speak and share so that people can come to know Christ because we don't want anyone to face the wrath and the judgment of God. So next week, uh, we're going to begin looking at Revelation chapter 7. And so uh, I also want you to know, if you have any questions, you can contact me at the church office. Um, My email, if you want to reach out to me, is pat at carryfbc.org. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd love to uh, to talk with you and answer any questions or, or help you with anything that I can. But I do want to thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I want to encourage you to continue listening and to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to the study of the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.